Shabbat, everybody. This is the day. This is your day that you made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You gave my heart a new spirit, and I want to. I want to show you. Something I see when you look at me, when you talk to me, I can feel your presence in the middle of the night. I pray to you in the middle of the day. I see you clearly, so close to me. can feel your fire blazing through the ark of your covenant please don't justify please don't justify your ways no 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 please don't justify don't justify your is justified by love unless it's justified by his love yeah unless it's justified by love who is love god is love he made the oceans he made the breath that we breathe and the ground that we walk on God is love He set the sun in place He set the moon and stars for us to gaze How can we say that He doesn't exist When we feel our heart beat And we don't know where it comes just let it flow let your ego go in the midst of the night he's calling us again children of yashorel rise up wake up sons of jacob you know you gotta refuse the is you need to let it go you need to understand the one who made your soul the one who is above all let it go just give him praise that he deserves and let it flow out of your soul out of your heart i praise you me your ways, taught me your 
taught me the truth of everything so demanding. Got to let it flow. sure if you got to listen to the last um, uh, a sermon on the mount that, that I posted that we posted but um, in that in that last one we were talking about um, adultery and going back into um, we, we went back to um, to David and how um, David saw um Bathsheba bathing at her house and we were talking about how um uh Jesus says that if you if you that everyone who looks at a woman with um with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart and if your right eye causes you to sin tear it out and throw it away and so we were talking about um that particular um, stanza and how he was saying to be careful about um, your eyes and, and what you're looking at and how you take that in and so when David seen um, Bathsheba he it, he immediately fell into lust and then um, and it fell into adultery and, and fell into fornication and immediately went in you know several things that happened like a domino effect he went and you know he lay with Bathsheba you know, and then he went and took um, Uriah and put him in the front of the and told his general to put Uriah in the front of the battle line so that he was killed so that he could have Bathsheba as his wife. And then along came Samuel and he told him, like, you know, because of this, God's seen exactly what you did because of this, you're going to suffer and your kingdom is going to be taken away from you, not all the kingdom. You know, and your son that you're going to have from Bathsheba, he's going to die. And so he fasted and prayed and, and, um, and repented. His, 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 his son still died. And then right after that, Solomon was born. And then we went into Solomon, how Solomon, you know, had all these wives and these concubines. And they were from other nations around him and pulled him down into the same thing. And then it went further because what he started doing was he was worshiping other gods and making um, altars to other gods and he had just um, promised God that he would you know he just he just built the temple you know with had the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle and everything in there and so he fell uh, further into that you know because of you know his eyes and uh, what he was seeing and and um, what he was doing you know it, it also you know involves his hands and so you know, right after Jesus talked about um, tearing out your eye and throwing it away, he said, it is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. You know, and so this is the restraint, the restraint that we, you know, should have as men and women. We can see this through um, through Solomon. And even in, when we go to, um, to Matthew 22, 
Jesus talks about the sound eye and he says the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So if you have lust in your eyes, you know, like Solomon, Solomon, you know, grew to have lust in his eyes. David grew to have lust in his eyes. You know, it's going to it's going to cause you to fall into darkness, you know, and, he, and Jesus is saying, how great is the um, the darkness? And so, um, you know, I wanted to, um, to go a little bit further into this before we went to the next one, which is concerning divorce. And um, we uh, we also had read um, in Malachi, and I'll, I'll read a little bit of Malachi again. Um, in Malachi 2.10, um, it says, The covenant profaned by Judah, have we not all one father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our ancestors? Judah has been faithless, and abomination has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem, for Judah has profaned the sanctuary of the Lord, which he loves, and has married the daughter of a foreign god. May the Lord cut off from them the tents of Jacob, anyone who does this, any to witness or any or answer, or to bring an offering to the Lord of hosts. And this you do as well, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor at your hand. You ask, why does he not? Because the Lord was the witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. Did not one God make her? O flesh and spirit are his, and what does the one God desire? Godly offspring. So look to yourselves, and do not let anyone be faithless to the wife of his youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. And covering one's garment with violence, so he hates both of those things, says the Lord of hosts. So take heed to yourselves and do not be faithless. You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, how have we wearied him? By saying, all who do evil are good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them. Or by asking, where is the God of justice? So, you know, when we, when we think about this point in time, you know, what's going on um, currently, you know, a lot of us are asking this. A lot of, um, a lot of our peers, a lot of us, you know, we've we've all been through things like this in the past. You know, where we fell into um to fornication or, or lust, and and we're asking, you know, you know, um, how how do I see? I I can't see my way out of this situation. You know, all who do evil are goodness. Why 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 he delights in them, or by asking, where's the God of justice? He's saying, where's the God of justice? Their people are crying over over their their situation, and and what is he saying right here? He's saying that I hate divorce. I hate um, covering one's garment with with violence. You know, because we're 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 um, weeping and groaning, and then you know we feel like the, um, God's not answering answering us, so we're striking out in violence, or we're striking out in frustration, or we're striking out in you know um, whatever it is we might be going through. We're striking out in frustration. You know, and we're, you know, he's he's saying he's not he's not regarding the offering, he's not accepting it with favor at your hand. He, he's not accepting the prayers. He's not accepting, you know, um, the complaining, because we're not we're not meeting him. Like we have to we have to meet him. And when we go back to um, to uh, Zechariah and Hosea, um, um, Hosea was talking about um, if you take um, if God was saying if you take me back. I will take you back. And um, if we go back here, 
to Hosea. Um, he was really talking about. He really makes it clear, you know. So on that day, the um, the Lord will call you, call me. You will call me my husband. This is in Hosea 16. And no longer will you call me my bow, for I will remove the names of the bowels from her mouth, and they shall be mentioned by name no more. I will make for you a covenant on that day with the wild animals, the birds of the air, and the creeping things of the ground, and I will abolish the bow, the sword, and the war from the land. So again, he's talking about abolishing violence. I will make you lie. I'll make you lie down in safety, and I will take for you my wife forever. I will take you for my wife in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will take you for my wife in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. On that day I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the heavens, and they shall answer the earth. And the earth shall answer the grain, the wine, and the oil, and they shall answer Jezreel. I will sow him for myself in the land, and I will have pity on Lo-Ruhumah. I will say, Lo, Ami, you are my people, and he shall say, you are my God. So th even this scripture is so unique to me because it's, to me it's, it's like the marrying of the, um, the, the, um, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And so he's saying that we're going to be reconciled completely. You know, when we look at Revelation, he's saying, you're going to be known as my people. And to you, to the people, you're going to be, you're, we are going to, I'm going to be known as your God. And there's going to be no confusion about it. There's going to be no um, doubt about it. And so this, these, this, what we were reading about is just another form of um, adultery. You know, we have um, spiritual adultery to God, you know, worshiping these other gods, worshiping these other things, holding these things in our hearts as um, on the altar of our hearts. You know, like you, you, <laughs> you always use that term, Nikki, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's right, you know. This is what, what what he's talking about when we're talking about um, other types of adultery. Exactly. And so um, I wanted to go a little bit further into this because in um, the Old Testament, it um, it talks a little bit more about, about this. And it talks about um, unfaithfulness. Um, in in um, Deuteronomy and Numbers and in Jeremiah, it actually talks about um, some of the the pitfalls of um, the people. And actually, this this is the same exact thing is going on in the New Age and in this um, this conscious community. And you know, we um, me and Ashley, we dealt with this. You know, we dealt with this. Um, you know, not knowing and uh, falling victim to to this um you know worshiping of other gods and thinking that um you know um this this partiality um we took on this 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 attitude of partiality and thinking that we could worship the other gods and be worshiping god himself and that wasn't the case at all and because um uh there's a lot of um there's a whole community that's that's based on this and they think that because um, certain things are happening, that it's coming from these other gods. But they they seem to forget about God, the creator of all, that he created all these things. Everything that you, you see, everything that you feel, he created all of it. And so um, earlier we were talking about um, the great delusion, this great delusion that's um, referred to with um, is Satan. Because Satan can seem just like God. He knows the scriptures very well. He knows 
everyone very well. He sent his demons. He sends his demons to to research us very well. And so, in this chapter in Jeremiah, Jeremiah forty four, it's called denunciation of persistent idolatry. Um, God goes into this. He explains this through um, Jeremiah very well, exactly what this is, and and continuing to go into the adultery, some of the adultery that um, that Solomon fell into as well too, with worshiping these other gods, and so. I'll read it. It says in uh, Jeremiah 44, line 4, he said, um, Yet I persistently sent to you all my servants, the prophets, saying, I beg you not to do this abominable thing that I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ear to turn from their wickedness and make no offerings to other gods. So my wrath and my anger were poured out and kindled in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, and they became a waste and a desolation, and they still are today. And now thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, why are you doing such great harm to yourselves to cut off man and woman, child and infant from the midst of Judah, leaving yourselves without a remnant? Why do you provoke me to anger with the works of your hands, making offerings to other gods in the land of Egypt where you have come to settle? Will you be cut off and become an object of cursing and ridicule among all the nations of the earth? Have you forgotten the crimes of your ancestors, of the kings of Judah, of their wives, your own crimes, and those of your wives which they committed in the land of Judah? And in the streets of Jerusalem, they have shown no contrition or fear to this day, nor have they walked in my law and my statutes that I set before you and before your ancestors. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I am determined to bring disaster on you, to bring all Judah to an end. I will take the remnant of Judah, who are determined to come to the land of Egypt to settle, and they shall perish. Everyone in the land of Egypt, they shall fall by the sword and by famine. They shall perish from the least to the greatest. They shall die by the sword. And by famine, they shall become an uh, object of execration and horror of cursing and ridicule. I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt as I have punished Jerusalem with the sword, with famine and with pestilence, so that none of the remnant of Judah who have come to settle in the land of Egypt shall escape or survive or return to the land of Judah. And so um, we skip up just a little bit. Um, it says... Then all the men who were aware that their wives had been making offerings to other gods, and all the women who stood by, a great assembly, all the people who lived in Paphros in the land of Egypt, answered, Jeremiah, as for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we are not going to listen to you. Instead, we will do everything that we have vowed, make offerings to the Queen of Heaven, and pour out libations to her, just as we and our ancestors, our kings and our officials, used to do in towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. We used to have plenty of food and pro prospered and saw no misfortune. But from the time we stopped making offerings to the queen of heaven and pouring out libations to her, we have lacked everything and have perished by the sword and by famine. And the women said, Indeed, we will go on making offerings to the queen of heaven and pouring out libations to her. Do you think that we made cakes for her, marked with her image, and poured out libations to her without our husbands being involved? Then Jeremiah said to all the people, men and women, all the people who were giving him this answer, As for the offerings that you made in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, you and your ancestors, your kings and your officials, and the people of the land, did not the Lord remember them? Did it, did it not come into his mind? The Lord could no longer bear the sight of your evil doings, the abominations that you committed. Therefore your land became a desolation and a waste and a curse without inhabitant, 
as it is to this day. It's because you burned offerings and because you sinned against the Lord and did not obey the voice of the Lord or walk in his law and in his statutes and in his decrees that, his, that this disaster has befallen you as is still evident today. So, you know, they, their argument was that they were that they were um, making um, offerings to the queen of heaven and they, they stopped and so they, they you know the, the land fell into pestilence and you know there was no um there was no crops growing everything was dry but then he said because he can god said because he could no longer bear to stand to see them doing that so the so he took the the fruitfulness of the land away and so when we're um we're not looking um for certain things we tend to, to deny other things you know, and this is this is part of that great delusion, but it's also inside of that. You know, um, right now we're living in a, in a society that's um, very similar to this, and so like when Mother these Earth. exactly Mother Earth and Mother's teachings and ISIS and all those different things like that, all these things of Egypt, and so we're living in a, in a society you know that that worship these things. I mean, look at the um, the Statue of Liberty. When you when we're when when we're surrounded by so much of this, you find more divorce you find more adultery you find more unfaithfulness and so we're even dealing with um with medical issues that have um taken a toll on us that without jesus we are suffering big time from these things because jesus came um as a um to sacri sacrifice himself to clear us from a lot of these things and so I'm going to go into um into numbers and in numbers numbers 511 it talks um heavily about um one of these medical conditions that we suffer from um and this this one is particularly for um for women you know and me and Ashley read this and we were very shocked to hear this and we knew exactly what was being referred to here and you and and you could speak on this a little bit after because it's, it's, a, it's a this is a touchy one um text um if a spirit oh no this is the lord spoke to moses saying speak to the israelites and say to them it's um numbers yeah 511 the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him, if a man has had intercourse with her but is, it is hidden from her husband, so that she is undetected though she has defiled herself, and there is no witness against her, she, has not, she was not caught in the act. If a spirit of, of jealousy comes on him and he is jealous of his wife who has defiled herself, or if a spirit of jealousy comes on him and he is jealous of his wife, though she has not defiled herself, then the man shall bring his wife to the priest. And he shall bring the offering required for her, one-tenth of an ephah of barley flour. He shall pour no oil on it and put no frankincense on it. For it is a grain offering of jealousy, a grain offering of remembrance, bring iniquity to remembrance. Then the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. The priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel and take some of the dust that is on the flower of the tabernacle and put it into the water 
The priest shall set the woman before the Lord, dishevel the woman's hair, and place in her hands the grain offering of remembrance, which is the grain offering of jealousy. In his own hand the priest shall have the water of bitterness that brings the curse. Then the priest shall make her take an oath, saying, If no man has lain with you, if you have not turned aside to uncleanness, while under your husband's authority, be immune to this water of bitterness that brings the curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, if you have defiled yourself and some man other than your husband has had intercourse with you, let the priest make the woman take the oath of the curse and say to the woman, The Lord make you an execration and an oath among your people. When the Lord makes your uterus drop, discharge, to send the, when the Lord makes your uterus, your uterus drop, your womb discharge. Now may this water that brings the curse enter your bowels and make your womb discharge, your uterus drop. And the woman shall say, Amen. Amen. Then the priest shall put these curses in writing and wash them off into the water of bitterness. He shall make the woman drink the water of bitterness that brings the curse, and the water that brings the curse shall enter her and cause bitter pain. The priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy out of the woman's hand and shall elevate the grain offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of grain offering as its memorial portion and turn it into smoke on the altar and afterwards shall make the woman drink the water. When he has made her drink the water, then if she has defiled herself and has been unfaithful to her husband, the water that brings the curse shall enter into her and cause bitter pain and her womb shall discharge her uterus drop and the woman shall become an execration among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, then she shall be immune and be able to conceive children. This is the law in cases of jealousy when a wife, while under her husband's authority, goes astray and defiles herself, or when a spirit of jealousy comes on a man and he is jealous of his wife, then he shall set the woman before the Lord, and the priest shall apply this entire law to her. The man shall be free from iniquity, but the woman shall bear her iniquity. Now we are far from we are far from any um the, the high priest because we're not we're not we're not um required to do um any of these things anymore because of um because of jesus jesus became our high priest but in the in the same sense um when we read this this um this we when we read this we realized exactly what was what was um going on And so, and so, um, Jesus, Jesus is, 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 you know, he's, he came, um, to bring compassion. He came to bring that grace. And so he's, he's in no way is he, um, you know, um, going to, um, to put us, um, through this, but through the natural order of things, we still have, um, this, this, um, this medical condition inside of um women it's it's still um affecting us to this day i don't know if you want to speak on that oh yeah well i was just um it made me think about how like well, remember, an hour remember you... remember what oh well <clears throat> yeah like um you know and i've dealt with this before and i feel like um i think when we had read this one time and then i, I started praying about it and god removed it you know and i realized that it was really truly like there's something underlining going on where this was a natural law that is put into place that we are exempt from when we live in a spirit because we're free from the law because the laws you know the spirits in our hearts we're not doing these things but 
you know, like God didn't, it, it, it almost seems like God didn't place this on the Israelites. He brought them the consequences of sin that is written in the natural laws of existence. So whether we're, you know, like whether or not we're, like if we follow him, we're exempt from it, we won't experience it. If we're not, it's not that he's like, oh, I'm going to throw this on you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do... No, it's just like these are the consequences of the sins. Mm -hmm. This just a part of natural law. And so like like a lot of women, I thought about this, and, you know, this kind of raunchy a little bit, but I know when, you know, growing up, being around homegirls and stuff, growing up, what was the number one thing that was like the biggest thing in the world? Like a girl being, you know, you know what? Like, oh, she's W-E-T. Like that's a good thing. You know what I mean? And then I remember growing up and, re- like, you know, before I ever lost my virginity, wondering why it didn't seem like the way that they were talking about. Like, this mm-hmm. this ain't me. Like, you know, like, what do you have to do? Like, you got to pour water down there or something? Like, you know, I don't know what's going yeah, on. And it's just, like, everybody <laughs> yeah. that's, like, promiscuous and mm-hmm. out there is talking about this. The guys, because <clears throat> I used to hang around a lot of guys, and I used to be more of a tomboy. And they would always talk about that. Mm-hmm. This was the big thing. Like, this is what they wanted. But when I see that, it's just like, you know, is this really what is good? Like, this is, um, that's not good. A woman's not supposed to be discharged. And a woman's not supposed to be, you know, like, the opposite. Like, that's what, when they say, like, we call bad good and good bad. Like, you know, like, to be dry and not, you know, dealing with none of that is a good thing. You know, it's it's close to the virginity. It's close to cleanliness. The opposite is, is just what this is talking about. And I just found it, you know, it, it stuck out to me when we read that, like, that could, this could very well be, uh, um, you know, a natural law against fornication and things that when we're living in that, you know, that in that, mm-hmm. we're dealing with that. Because a lot of times people talk also, about how even in you know and I'll just be I'll just be open because I think it's important to talk about that even when we're in relationships it tends we tend to deal with situations that the world says is bad and we look at ourselves as oh this is a bad thing I can't please the person I'm with because I'm this way because we're thinking that the way that we are you know having a clean womb having a dry womb is a bad thing Mm-hmm. And a lot of people bring negative things into the marriage bed because they're trying to live up to the standard of good, um, you know, good love and making and all that stuff according to the world. And so we're bringing this foolishness into our, our marriage bed. We're not, we're, you know, we're looking into doing, doing different stuff. People are going into Spencer's and getting all this extra crazy stuff, you know, that it's not really... Um, Nothing has nothing to do with who we are, and mm-hmm. it's only because we've been we've been taught a standard that this is that these bad things, even these like, and it, and this is like what we were talking about earlier, the mockery of Satan. He takes the laws of God and he mocks it. So it's like those things that represented purity from a woman are now mockery. It's the worst thing to be dry. It's the worst thing. Like you're just a you know, with flus, like, we're just, you know, it's going to throw you off somewhere, and then you're feeling horrible when you feel like that, and it's like, no, we, it's, it's not, so it's just, 
those things really came to me and um you know had everything to do with you know these laws about the faithfulness yeah and and and, and, and it's uh, do you want to say something nikki Oh, what um, what version is it that this is in? This is um, this is um, New Revised Standard Version. In okay, NRS. Um, so I had read a, I had read another version. I've actually read a couple of versions um to compare because I wanted to see like what were the similarities, and I remember reading that specifically. And you guys know this book has been very like fast paced for me. It's been like a year and a half, maybe a year and a little over a half now. And now I'm thinking about to the last time when I read that, I was absolutely condemning myself. I read that in a total different, when I just heard it now, I was like, thank you Jesus, because I hear it different now. Exactly. Um, but when I was hearing it before, I was condemning myself. But, but what I got from it was that your womb swells. And I was thinking about, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar, there's, there's health conditions that women have where their belly, you ever see their abdomen is just inflamed. And uh-huh. they look like they're pregnant, but they're not. Uh-huh. They look pregnant, but they're not. And so it reminded me of the part of how, like, okay, so the husband is accusing the wife. There's a chance that he could be wrong. If he's jealous and he's wrong, then shame on him. But if he's not jealous and he's right, indeed, her belly will swell. And so that swelling... It reminded me of how things transpired with my situation. It was that he was never jealous a day in our relationship, and we were together for a long time. He was never jealous. I was always actually sad that he was never jealous. Then this happened, and he became jealous. And the fact that he became jealous, it actually, I, I mean, I'm not ashamed to say it anymore because now I realize why everything happened. But um, I was like, he was starting to become jealous because he, he was actually feeling a real threat. And so... Um, I remember reading that and saying, like, okay, so that's how it really did transpire. So now he's bringing, he's accusing me, right? But he's not Satan because he's my husband. But my husband is accusing me because of a rightful reason. So now where is it coming from, you know? And then I thought about um, how once we reconciled, my husband and I, we reconciled, our relationship got much better. But guess what happened to me? I developed a condition called polycystic ovary syndrome. Guess what it does? It causes your abdomen to swell. Mm. And guess what else it does? It causes infertility and it causes um, these uh, these cystic cystic. Um, basically, your eggs don't dissolve from your from your ovaries. Your eggs don't dissolve, so they start piling up, and then they turn into like calcified cysts. And oh, then wow. your woman, her monthly is absent. And then her hormones become irregular. So what I realized now is this wasn't punishment from God. Yeah. But at that time, I was looking at it like God was punishing me yeah. because I knew I was guilty. And I said, wow, like, mm-hmm. oh, he's not playing. And that's why when I first met you guys, I was scared of my own shadow because Satan literally been condemning me for everything. And everything that would happen, I would, I would, I would have some unbelief behind it. So instead of believing that Jesus died for me, I allowed Satan to accuse me. Right. And so every dart and arrow that came against me, I was accepting it. And I was saying I deserved it. Right. And so I remember at some point, I stopped taking the, the medicine that the doctors gave me called metformin. And I think I might have shared this with you. And I said, I'm going to do this naturally. And I was like, I'm going to do this with all of my faith. And I'm going to be like, God, 
heal me, heal me, heal me. And I kept saying, like, the Lord will heal me. So now I'm taking vitamins. I'm not taking the medicine they give me. But I'm still condemning myself. I'm still putting the blame on God that God did this to me and that now I'm begging God to heal me, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens? I get, I go to the doctor three months later and the scan says there's zero cyst, right? So now I'm saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you healed me. But still, I had it wrong because I'm still condemning myself. I'm still giving God the credit for putting this on me when he doesn't, he didn't do that. Right. That was not for him. And so I only realize now what, what this happened. Um, so what happened to me recently, I caught myself. I almost blamed God. I caught myself, but then I realized, and you already know I've been very transparent with my, my journey. I realized that this is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And that this is because I pray the Lord will hear my husband's prayers, whatever it is that we need in our marriage in order for us to glorify him, that he would hear his prayers. And and I pray that, you know, that, that I just have a, a, a softened heart from it, that I not be angry. And I felt the enemy coming against me and that he wanted me to look at my husband as if he was like performing witchcraft on me, trying to, you know, make sure I don't have a baby. You know, like yeah. I was... I felt the enemy coming against me to try and turn me against my husband by using it. Yeah. So then I accepted it to be a dart and arrow, you know, just to trip me up, to make me doubt again, to make me think that the that, that the Lord is truly punishing me. And so that was my test. Yeah. And I believe, I really believe that that had nothing to do with the Lord and that because I believe, that's why I, in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind, and in even in my relationship, we're okay. Yeah. Because this was not, this was not something that, that come from God. Yeah. Because if it comes from God, it stays. And if it isn't from God, it, it don't. Exactly. Right? So I was like, uh, this was so eye-opening to me. <coughs> because like I said, my stomach swelled. And, but Satan uses everything as a counterfeit to try and make it look like it happened in the Bible. Hey, look, it happened in Numbers 5. It must be happening to me. But right. it wasn't. It was Satan's counterfeit trying to make it look like that's what the, what God still does. Exactly. That's not how he is. And so I pray for our unbelief in areas where we think that, that God is coming against us. He's not. Right. Right now with this pandemic, he thinks we, a lot of the people, are operating from a level of fear that just they're retracing all the times that they messed up thinking like why is god doing this to me oh, i know why because i well they don't know it's because they don't know the gospel but they're thinking in the back of their head oh it must be because i did a b and c you know and so that's why so many people are coming to christ the false christ people are coming to satan because they're believing the lie that god did this to them right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it it else. it you know, and it also also has something to do with um, with these commandments. You know, when um, when we're when we're falling away from these commandments, then you know it's like Satan is is allowed. Like like if we go back to Job, like we were talking about earlier, we were talking about we go back to Job, and 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 um and God said he's uh, he's about to bless Job exponentially, and 
right when he says that, here comes Satan <laughs> walking up with all his his um his dark angels, his with his demons. And there he's like he's like he's like, Let me let me test Job. Let me test Job. If he's so high and mighty and you speaking so great about him, let me test Job. And somehow Satan heard him from all the way deep down in some corner somewhere and he just walked up to God like, you know, let me test him. And so he, he tested him. He tested him and he, he um put all these things on his family, all these natural disasters and stuff. And and Job didn't because what he what the challenge was he wanted he wanted Job to um to curse God he never cursed him throughout all of that he was he was in sorrow he lost his he lost some of his family he lost some friends he lost some property you know all these different things he never never cursed never cursed God and so um he came back again because because um one um like we were talking about earlier one term of it was God was like you can't touch his body so Satan came back again and said. All right, this time let me touch his body, and so he touched his he touched his body, and he had boils, all sores all over his body, and so you know um, he was in agony, and he but but still through that he never cursed God, and it, and again you know this came from Satan, and again we call Satan Satan's the accuser, and so he's also a tester, and he has his again it's like you know we have to look at it like this too, that he has his purpose as well too, and and God put him there. <laughs> to test us and that that was a great example right there um nikki and uh yeah, I, I, it's a real life. this is real life man it's like it's like the, i remember somebody saying jesus is the jesus is the um um not the lawyer basically like a satan's the accuser you got the accuser you got the person who's bringing the accusation on somebody and then you have the judge you know the god is mm -hmm. the judge but but uh jesus is the defender That's exactly Okay, and so um, so I wanted to to um to skip up to Leviticus, okay, because Leviticus on the men's side of things, this is really interesting, because I know um we're dealing with um, with fornication, and we're dealing with the um, the single life. A lot of men deal with this. I dealt with this, and uh, we even dealt with this a little bit in our marriage. Okay, so it says. In Leviticus 15, um, line 3, I think, no, line 2 and a half, I'll say. When any man has a discharge from his member, his discharge makes him ceremonially unclean. Then cleanness of his discharge is this, whether his member flows with his discharge or his member is stopped from discharging. It is unclean for him. Every bed on which the one with the discharge lies shall be unclean, and everything on which he sits shall be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. All who sit on anything on which the one with the discharge is sat shall wash their clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. This sounds a lot like an STD. If we skip down to um, Leviticus 15, line 16, it says, If a man has an emission of semen, he shall bathe his whole body in water and be unclean until the evening. Everything made of cloth or of skin on which the semen falls shall be washed with water and be unclean until the evening. If a man lies with a woman and has an emission of semen, both of them shall bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. When a woman has a discharge of blood that is her regular discharge from her body, she shall be in her impurity for seven days, and whoever touches her shall be unclean until the evening. Everything upon which she lies during her impurity shall be unclean. Everything also upon which she sits shall be unclean. Whoever touches her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Whoever touches anything upon which she sits shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. Okay, and it says, and if we skip down to line 24, it says, If any man lies with her, and her impurity falls on him, he shall be unclean seven days, and every bed on which he lies shall be unclean. 
Okay, if a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, not not at the time of her impurity, or if she has a discharge beyond the time of her impurity, all the days of the discharge shall she continue in uncleanness. And so, um, you know, we're talking about the semen part. I know that uh, men, you know, a, a lot of us, and, and I've done this before, you know, when we're um, making love to a woman, we just leave the, um, you know, leave it on the on the bed you know or or whatever you know and, and what god is saying right here that that's unclean and and and, and if you notice through the scriptures it's always a um a, um a notion of cleanliness 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 um um jesus is talking about jesus talks about cleanliness in the in the new testament he talks about that he talks about washing he talks about um staying clean and he and, and of course you know the difference between the old testament and new testament jesus is talking about more so being clean and inside being clean on your on your in, inside of your heart being clean and but this this right here you know when we deal with fornication we deal with adultery this is something that you know um that we we deal with um as as um cultures and, and communities we deal with this and even in in our marriage we we dealt with this you know where we you know even using condoms and different things like that you know this was something where um, um, God was 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 saying um, just to let it be. Like when you guys make love, just just let it be. Let it be um, natural. Don't be afraid of um, of pregnancy. Just let the natural um, the whole the process occur naturally. And if I, and it, He's in control of of the womb, He's in control of our birth, life, and death. And so He will make that decision, and He and He will tell us. And so that that right there lifted a, a burden off of our hearts. For us, for for us as a, as a married um, married couple, um, in a, in a marriage that that lifted off so much from us, and so um, I wanted to speak on that because um, that is um, a big part of um, what we go through as men and women in relationships and in, and especially in marriages. Yeah. You know. Um, and let's see here. So. I wanted to um to go back into um the adultery subject because um there's an interesting story um and I, I don't know how familiar you are with this Nikki but the story of Joseph Joseph was um was tempted by a woman in Egypt and there's actually um we actually um have a um have a copy of the apocrypha here and in the Apocrypha, it talks about um, an expanded version of what Joseph went through, and there was more to it, because the woman that he was actually, um, it was actually pursuing him, trying to get him to sin, was actually um, she was, and again, when we talk about um, worshiping other gods and idolatry and different things like that, this woman um, actually um, was doing that in Egypt, and she. And it, it, there's a there's a relationship with idolatry, with um, worshiping other gods, with jealousy, with fornication, with lust, and, it, and it's it's like a domino effect. And so, um, I'm I'll, I'll read this. This is this is fairly short. Um, <clears throat> it says, "And this chief captain of Pharaoh entrusted to me his house, and I struggled against a shameless woman." urging me to transgress with her 
But the Elohim of Israel, my father, delivered me from the burning flame. And you, you, you see burning flame, um, I think of lust. I was cast into prison. I was beaten. I was mocked. But Yahuwah, or God, granted me, granted me to find mercy in the sight of the keeper of the prison. For Yahuwah doth not forsake them that fear him, neither in darkness, nor in bonds, nor in tribulation, nor in necessities. For Elohim is not put to shame as a man, nor as the son of man. Is he afraid, nor as one that is earthborn? Is he weak or affrighted? And listen to that. Is he nor as the son of man jesus is he afraid nor as the one that is earth born is he weak or affrighted very interesting line there but in all these things doth he give protection and in diverse ways doth he comfort though for a little space he departeth to try the inclination of the soul in ten temptations he showed me approved, and in all of them I endured, for endurance is a mighty charm, and patience giveth many good things. How often did the Mitzrayim, or Egyptian um, woman, threaten me with death? How often did she give me over to punishment, and then call me back and threaten me? And when I was unwilling to company with her, she said to me, Thou shalt rule over me, and all that is in mine house, if thou wilt give thyself unto me, and thou shalt be as our Adon, our master. But I remembered the words of my father, and going into my chamber, I wept and prayed unto Yahuwah. And I fasted in those seven years, and I appeared to the Mitzrayim, or Egyptian a woman as one living delicately for they that fast for Elohim's sake receive beauty of face so it made him more <coughs> handsome or more um more attractive as he um fasted and if Adonai my lord were away from home I drank no wine nor for three days did I take my food but I gave it to the poor and sick and I sought Yahuwah early and I wept for the Mitzrayim or Egyptian woman of Memphis for very unceasingly did she trouble me for also at night she came to me under the pretense of visiting me, and because she had no male child, she pretended to regard me as a son, and for a time she embraced me as a son. So, so she embraced him as a son, and I knew it not, but later she sought to draw me into fornication. And when I perceived that I sorrowed unto death, and when she had gone out, I came to myself, and I lamented for her many days, because I recognized her God and her deceit. So he started praying. And I declared unto her words of the Most High, if haply she would turn from her evil lust. Often, therefore, did she flatter me with words as a holy man, and godfully in her talk praised my chastity before her husband, while desiring to ensnare me when we were alone. For she lauded me openly as chaste, but in secret she said unto me, Fear not, my husband, for he is persuaded concerning thy chastity. For even should one tell him concerning us, he would not believe." Owing to all these things, I lay upon the ground and besought Elohim that Yahuwah would deliver me from her deceit. And when she prevailed, nothing thereby she came again to me under the plea of instruction that she might learn the word of Elohim. And she said unto me, If thou willest that I should leave my idols, lie with me, and I will persuade my husband to depart from his idols, and I will make walk in the statutes of Yahuwah thy Elohim. So, he, so she's, she's, she's trying anything by saying she's going she's gonna, to... Put away her idols or gods, and she's gonna follow the um the 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 laws and the statutes of God. And he, and he says, I said unto her, Yahuwah willeth not that those that reverence him should be in uncleanness, nor doth he take pleasure in them that commit adultery, but in those that approach him with a pure heart and undefiled lips. But she held her sh her shalom or peace, longing to accomplish her evil desire, and I gave myself yet more to fasting and prayer that Yahuwah might deliver me from her. And again at another time she said unto me, If thou 
wilt not commit adultery, I will kill my husband by poison and take thee to be my husband. I therefore, when I heard this, rent my garments and said unto her, Woman, reverence Elohim, and do not this evil deed, lest thou be destroyed, for know indeed that I will declare this thy device unto all men. He says he's, he's going he's gonna to tell, he's going to tell you know what what she's planning to do and again at another time she said unto me if thou wilt not commit adultery oh no I'm, i skipped up i um she therefore being afraid besought that i would not declare this device and she departed soothing me with gifts and sending me to every delight of the sons of men and afterwards she sent me food mingled with enchantments and when the eunuch who brought it came i looked up and i beheld a terrible man giving me with with the dish a sword and i perceived that her scheme was to beguile me so he seen a he was able to see through it and seen a, um god showed him a a, a, a vision or he, he seen through it and he able he was able to see that it was um something was there was something in the dish that was that wanted to um that that was to harm him that was that was his purpose was to harm him and when he had gone out i wept nor did i taste that nor any other of her food so then after one day she came to me and observed the food and said unto me, Why is it that thou hast not eaten of the food? And I said unto her, It is because thou hast filled it with deadly enchantments, and how sayest thou, I come not near the, to idols, but to Yahuwah alone. Now therefore know that the Elohim of my father hath revealed unto me by his angel thy wickedness, and I have kept it to convict thee, if haply thou mayest see and repent. But thou that thou mayest learn that the wickedness of, of the ungodly have no power over them that worship Elohim with chastity. Behold, I will take of it and eat before thee. And having so said, I prayed thus, the Elohim of my fathers and the angel of Abraham be with me and ate. And when she saw this, she fell upon her face at my feet weeping, and I raised her up and admonished her, and she promised to do this iniquity no more. So he actually ate the cursed food, you know, and her thinking that it was going to do something to him. It took no effect after praying to God. You know, and so this is this is what we're talking about when we're under we're under Jesus. It says, But her heart was still set upon evil, and she looked around how to ensnare me, and sighing deeply she became downcast, though she was not sick. And when her husband saw her, he said unto her, Why is thy countenance fallen? And she said unto him, I have a pain at my heart, and the groanings of my ruach or, or spirit oppress me. And so she comforted her who was not sick. He comforted her who was not sick. Then accordingly, seizing an opportunity, she rushed unto me while her husband was yet without, and said unto me, I will hang myself or cast myself over a cliff, if thou wilt not lie with me. And when I saw the Ruach or spirit of Bilial, or Satan, was troubling her, I prayed unto Yahuwah and said unto her, Why, wretched woman, art thou troubled and disturbed, blinded through sins? Remember that if thou kill thyself, Asteho. The concubine of thy husband, thy rival, will beat thy children, and thou wilt destroy thy memorial from off the earth. And she said unto me, Lo, then thou lovest me, let this suffice me, only strive for my life and my children, and I expect that I shall enjoy my desire also. And it says, But she knew not that because of Adonai I spake, and not because of her. For if a man had fallen before the passion of a wicked desire, and become enslaved by it, even as she, um, whatever good thing he may hear with regard to that passion, he received with a view to his wicked desire. I declare therefore unto you, my children, that it was about the sixth hour when she departed from me, and I knelt before Yahuwah all day, and all night, and about dawn, 
uh, I rose up, weeping the while, and praying for a release from her. At last, then she laid hold of my garments, forcibly dragging me to have connection with her. When, therefore, I saw that in her madness she was holding fast to my garment, I left it behind, and I fled away naked. And holding fast to the garment, she falsely accused me. When her husband came, he cast me in the prison in his house. And on the morrow, he scourged me, or beat me, and set me into Pharaoh's prison. And when I was in bonds, the Mitzrayim, or Egyptian woman, was oppressed with grief, and she came and heard how I gave thanks to Yahuwah. I sang and sang praises in the abode of darkness, and with glad voice rejoiced, glorifying my Elohim that I was delivered from the lustful desire of the Mitzrayim or Egyptian woman. And often hath she sent unto me, saying, Consent to fulfill my desire, and I will release thee from thy bonds, and I will f free thee from the darkness. And not even in thought did I incline unto her. For Elohim loveth him who in a den of darkness combineth fasting with chastity, rather than the man who in king's chambers combineth luxury with license and if a man liveth in chastity and desireth also glory and the most high know that it is expedient for him he bestoweth this also upon him even as upon me often though she were sick did she come down to me at unlooked times and listened to my voice as i prayed and unlooked and when i heard her groanings i held my peace for when i was in her house she was wont to bear her arms and breast and legs so he was, he was she was exposing herself to him that I might lie with her, for she was very beautiful, splendidly adorned, in order to beguile me, and Yahuwah guarded me from her devices. Yea, see therefore, my children, how great things patience worketh in prayer with fasting. So ye too, if ye follow after chastity and purity with patience and prayer with fasting and humility of heart, Yahuwah will dwell among you, because he loveth chastity. And wheresoever the Most High dwelleth, even though envy or slavery or slander befalleth the man, Yahuwah dwelleth in him for the sake of his chastity not only delivereth him from evil but also exalted him even as me for in every way the man is lifted up whether in deed or in word or in thought my brethren knew how my father loved me and yet i did not exalt myself in my mind although i was a child i had the fear of elohim in my heart for i knew that all things would pass away and i did not raise myself against them with evil intent but i honored my brethren and out of respect for them even when i was being sold I refrained from telling the <clears throat> Ishmaelites that I was the son of Jacob, a great man and a mighty. And so that's um, Joseph's um, testament. And it's interesting because, you know, again, we're going back to, um, you know, the, um, the Beatitudes. And it says, you know, blessing when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account you know that's exactly what was going on you know with joseph his brothers was doing that and then potiphar was doing that and then the egyptian woman was doing that you know while trying to commit adultery with them you know and so it just it just um shows this um this endurance and this this patience that that we all have the ability to um execute you know with jesus with god you know um in in our hearts and so um we move on here to concerning um divorce um jesus says concerning divorce in matthew um 5:31 it was also said whoever divorces his wife let him give her a certificate of divorce but I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the ground of unchastity causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits 
adultery. And you know, again, um, God says that He hates He hates divorce. That's that's what we read in um, in Zechariah that He hates divorce. You know, so you know we're causing each other to um, go into you know adultery. And even in um, let me go back to Deuteronomy twenty four. It speaks about this. It speaks about this, and um, it says, "Laws concerning marriage and divorce. Suppose a man enters into marriage with a woman, but she does not please him because he finds something objectionable about her, and so he writes her a certificate of divorce, puts it in her hand, and sends her out of his house. She then leaves his house and goes off to become another man's wife." Then suppose the second man dislikes her, writes her a bold divorce, and puts it in her hand, and sends her out of the house, or the second man who marries her dies. Her first husband who sent her away is not permitted to take her again to be his wife. After she has been defiled, and this is this is what he's what, what Jesus was talking about, the adultery, for that will be abhorrent to the Lord, and you shall not bring guilt on the land that the Lord your God has given you as a possession. And so, you know, this is what yeah, this is this is what this is what we're dealing with. You know, even when we go to um first Corinthians first Corinthians seven, um it talks about it talks about the same thing. Very similarly. Um Paul's talking about this and um this this is actually one of my favorite um verses because it, it clarifies um so much. It says, now concerning matters about which you wrote, it is well for a man not to touch a woman, but because of cases of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights, and likewise the wife to her husband, for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. And you know, that that's... That can be um, be tough for for um, for folks who are um, just coming to understand this. And, and and again, you know, what does it say when you become married? You become one flesh. So this is what this is what um, Paul is referring to, that we have authority over each other's body because we are one flesh. Okay, and it's and it's a, um, an agreement that, that that we've made together to be one flesh. And so it says, do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a set time to devote yourself to prayer and then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Self-control is a huge thing when it comes to um, this day and age. And again, when we go back to um, what we just read about um, Joseph. He had a huge amount of self-control. He was able to control himself and not fall into these temptations of Satan. And it says, This I say by way of concession, not of command. I wish that all were as I, I myself am. But each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind and another a different kind. To the unmarried and widows I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. But if they are not practicing self-control, they should not. they should marry. For it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Okay, to the married I give this command, not I but the Lord, that the wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does separate, let her remain unmarried, or else be reconciled to her husband, and that the husband should not divorce his wife. To the rest I say, I and not the Lord, not, not 
the Lord that if any believer has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. And if any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy through her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean. But as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such a case, the brother or sister is not bound. It is peace that God has called you. Wife, for all you know, you might have, you might save your husband. Husband, for all you know, you might save your wife. And so, you know, this is what we're, this is what we're, um, we're, we're dealing with. That you know, we should honor. Jesus is saying we should honor that. We should honor that, um, that promise that we made, you know, in front of the, in front of God, you know. And so, if we go back to, um. In Mark 10, um, 1 through 4. Mark 10, 1 through 4. It says that um, the teaching about divorce, and this is this is Jesus talking about the um, a divorce. He, he said he, he left that place and went to the region of Judea and beyond the Jordan. And crowds again gathered around him, and as was his custom, he again taught them. Some Pharisees came, and to test him they asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? He answered them, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of dismissal and to divorce her. But Jesus said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation, God made male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. One flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So, this is, this is why... You know, it, it earlier he, Jesus was saying that, and, and Paul was saying that the that the hus that the husband has authority over over um, the wife's body, and the wife has authority over the husband's body. Okay, this is why he's saying that. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Then, in the house of the disciples, asked him again about this matter. He said to them, "Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her." And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. And so, you know, we, when um, he's saying to um, that we have to exhibit self-control, we have to pray for self-control. Jesus is teaching to have self-control. He's saying that, you know, what what are you what are you perceiving in your eyes? What are you doing with your hands? We self-control inside of our heart. Praying for self-control, we have the Holy Spirit. We 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 have to enrich the Holy Spirit and pray and, and say, "Give me self-control." And it's, and again, like like Paul was saying, it's better to be married. If we're we're married, we're we're following the ways and the laws of God. He wants us to get married. Jesus wants us to be married under His law, and to exhibit this self-control. I, I I believe that. 
when we do get married, he gives us he gives us a blessing of self-control. This is why when we go and we look at our our, um, our grandparents, our uncles and all that, you see a level of self-control there. You know, they're not exactly um, um, they don't always it doesn't seem like they always show in compassion, but they have a self-control that the love is just through the presence of being together with, with each other. I think we were talking about that before. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, we can we can end it there. And, um, you know, I think that that draws a pretty good picture of, of what we're what we're um, looking at today. And, and, you know, some of the things that we're dealing with and how to conduct ourselves you know, as husbands and wives, and in the next, the next one, we're going to go into um, a little bit more into this, and then also concerning oaths, um, because these, these, um, the patriarchs here, the, the twelve sons of Jacob, they really um, speak really, very, very deeply on some of these subjects of falling to some of these, um, these sins, and falling to these, to these demons, and falling to um, Satan's um, temptations. But it's always wrapped around self-control. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't. Yeah, yeah did you, would you want to say anything? Oh, um, I think that's it. You know, I, I just feel like, um, you know, like when we go back and when we see, you know, the ways of the past, we can really see how much Jesus has, um, you know, just, just him coming, his mercy has, um, like just poured out on us, you know what I mean? Like, and it really, mm -hmm. um, it really truly shows. And we've been looking into like this, it's this series about like praying through the tabernacle mm -hmm. and a guy talks about how like the whole plan of the tabernacle physically foretold the preparation of Jesus and like, um, when you go and look in the Old Testament, um, when we don't look at it through the eyes of condemnation, but we look at it for just what it is, we actually get to see that God, everything that God laid out in the physical was the preparation for Jesus coming. And when he would say these things, like, just like the prophet Isaiah said, just like this one said, and like, um, when we went into like all of these testaments of like Joseph and all of these Simeon. ones. It, they constantly mm -hmm. talk about Yahuwah coming in the flesh and they even mention the son of man like until he comes himself to fulfill everything that he's telling us that he wants us to live by and so that to me that really um, you know brings out the importance of seeing Jesus in the light of his walk and everything like all eyes on him like we've been saying because all eyes really truly is on him because everything was preparing for that moment of him coming even and it even talks about it in um like the book of nicodemus and even like the book of adam and eve how they were told from long ago that his presence would not only just save those living but even those that were not living they were even ready. They were even waiting for him. Now I know now, and and it and it shocked me, because I think because I was so much into the spirit of worshiping him. The day before, I woke up feeling so filled with the spirit. I told Daryl I could slap him in me. Not even yeah. nothing like you know on some fighting things, but it just I felt so that much joy. And I jumped up and I'm like, 
let's go dance let's go get the children up let's go wake them up let's go on he's looking at me like i'm crazy and i'm just like let's <laughs> let's just go and get up i'm gonna i'm gonna put the music worship on and we're just gonna praise jesus i'm like because i was praying so much from the last conviction of having more so of like feeling like 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 i can praise i'll i'll get into a praise if somebody tells me i want a thousand dollars i'll get into a praise if like you know i got that job or i got into the score like whatever but i won't we won't get into that praise when it's like i entered into the house of the lord and like the preacher was talking about that on sunday and mm-hmm. I'm, and it convicted me because i'm like wow like i sh- i love you god but i don't get as excited about praising you as I do, if somebody came to me and said, "You here's your $1,000, or here, you got the job you wanted. And I felt so convicted by it, so I started praying. And then that day before, all the stuff that happened, literally, I woke up and I felt it. And I was so happy. I'm like, I don't want to lose it. I don't know if it's going to stay. So we're going to get up. I'm going to go in the house. We're going to run around this job. I'm going to give it to him mm-hmm. while I have it. While I'm, <laughs> you know? And so, like, the whole day I was like that. And then, actually, towards the end of the day, for some reason, I started to get wore down. And I know this was probably Satan starting to, starting to work out for whatever reason. I think I just was doing way too much. I started getting worn down. And by the end of the night, I was just stretched out on the bed like, that's it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm tired, and that was it. And so this is when I had this dream. And so just thinking about all of this stuff, now it's yeah. like Satan. I, I could see how he probably looked at that and said, oh, no, she's there. We're going to shut that down right now. And, like, you know, the next level, God was ready to remove the next part of my ego to say, like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I request of you all. How many people, how many souls can you change? It wasn't to condemn me to say, you didn't do this, 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 and that. You didn't talk to all of these people, so mm-hmm. that's it. No, he was saying, look at how much potential you had even back then if you were to just had known the faith, just a small faith of how much I can change. Just by mentioning me, look at how, what I did to you. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, just, just literally just dropping Jesus in the middle of our life and our whole life has been changed for the last two months. Like, so it's like literally 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 yeah. literally like since um she's been tending to the house cuz cuz we we were um helping each yeah. other and when we got to well, got together um Ashley was um was pregnant when we first got together. So I was used to helping her out and you know, mm-hmm. we started going into learning about this, but we were just used to helping each other out so much because she was she was pregnant at the time and mm-hmm. and and she was she really needed assistance so you know i was used to always helping her out but we when we recently just switched to her attending the house and me doing my work doing my graphic design work and, and my business stuff you know it really like it everything has been so much smoother with mm-hmm. with jesus and just in in knowing this 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 order and this way him restoring order in our life that way and us committing to that it um the children, our children have been calmer. Our um, our our schedule has been has been clearer. It's been so much more business coming in, so we haven't been having problems paying bills. It's just been it's he's he's really blessed us. And even right here, it's a scripture right here, and I'm and I'm God is just speaking so much, and He's just pointing this out at the speed of light. You know, it's it's it it, it, it says yeah. it's Romans <laughs> Romans seven. It says an analogy from marriage. 
Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only during that person's lifetime? Thus a married woman is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if her husband dies, she is discharged from the law concerning the husband. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. In the same way, my friends, you have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. While we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are discharged from the law, dead to that which held us captive, so that we are slaves not under the old written code, but in the new life of the spirit. And then when you go to, to Romans 8, it says life in the spirit. Wow. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh that could, could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to deal with sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the just requirement of the law might be, might be fulfilled in us to walk not according to the flesh but, a, but according to the spirit. So all of these things, all of these issues that we were, that we we dealt with. I mean, we think about all these different things we deal with in our community. With, with, um, and it's wrapped around condemnation. You know, husbands are condemning wives. Wives are condemning their husbands. There's arguments. The children are not in order. You know, the people are. You know, we. I know in our community, it's a, it's a very uh, big problem with, with, um, with the parents screaming at the top of their lungs, cursing at their children. But when you have this order, you know, you no longer. Or inside of that that culture of, of of death, you're no longer in that that culture of, of of dead spirit, but you're in the culture of life, you're in the culture of joy and and, and peace and order, and so that's what we we've, we've been experiencing in our household, just complete peace and order, and joy, and and you know it's not to say that we didn't have um, God didn't bless us with, bless us with these things before, but we can see just um, you know um, we can see a massive increase of that. On a whole nother level, um, in the yeah. past um, month, month and a half, really. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I'm just not surprised. <laughs>